Hey, what's going on, people? It's Jay Good and Straight Out the Den.com. We're back today with another podcast. Um, just before we get into anything, I want you to know that today's podcast is brought to you by the good folks over at Audible.com. Get you a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial, man. Just all you gotta do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash straight out the den. That's S-T-R the number eight. O-U-T-D-A-D-E-N. Um, you can get um uh, over 150 titles. It's great if you're if you're a reader but don't like to read. Um, so you can definitely go there, get 150 titles. You can pretty much just go there and pick what you want, check it out, and you know let us know. But just make sure that you use that that special code there, uh, audibletrial.com/straightoutthedent. But today, um, special guest in the building. Um, a lot of you might be familiar with the music. You may not be familiar with the voice, but you definitely know the music. Um, help me welcome the homie Cato to the show, man. How you doing, bro? What's up, man? I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. I can't complain. It's been real a real hectic day. Yeah. So I'm trying to like you know bring everything back down. But you know we were talking off off air, um, if you would say it. And you know I just you know I gave him a little background on the podcast. Like it's not your typical blah 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 interview. Like this this and this and that. I mean it's really the goal of this thing, man. Is at the end of this like people get a chance to know you on a more intimate level. So they right. know who you are, just not as a producer, but as a person. Right. So that's that's really why we're here, man. Um, you know, I was doing some research. You know, I try to do some small research and try to figure out what I can about a person before I, I sit down with them and interview. But, right. you know, I saw some things, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but producer, um, you, you first... Like you grew up in Virginia, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born and raised in uh, Fairfax, Virginia, um, and I spent the first sixteen years of my life there. So that, you know, yeah, that, it, that's my first home. First home. So it definitely shaped you. I know. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Virginia. I'm not gonna sit here a lot. Like, I mean, for me, like I'm always driving through. You know, what I'm right. saying? Like going up 95 or whatever. Um, yeah. On my way to D.C. area, I spend a lot of time up there. I have some friends and family up that way. But okay, you know, um, just that 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 shape of, of Virginia, like especially right now in the music scene, there's so much that comes from Virginia. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not sure where Fairfax is. I don't know. And it's like at the at the very northern tip of Virginia. Okay, okay. Yeah. But, you know, there, there's so much musical history in Virginia now. It, it wasn't, oh, yeah. you know, a couple, you know, maybe a couple of decades ago, but now it's like everybody knows somebody from Virginia that's, you know, working on the music scene. So with that, I know for your story, I don't think music was really there early on, right? At 16, was it? Right, right. Yeah, music, music kind of came into my life a little bit later like around college okay. um after i had left virginia gotcha, so gotcha. you know early on it was just i was going to school and and just being a kid gotcha now you said college um i read two places uh and now it's leaving me i forgot the first one but i, I i'm trying to get back around to georgia state because i went to georgia state um, oh, okay and, yeah and i'm trying to what, what was the time frame when you went to state um that was man that was uh that was probably about five, five or six years ago. Yeah. I want to say it's kind of cloudy now, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a minute ago. I won't lie. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I love Georgia. I actually graduated. I saw that you you didn't graduate. You decided to. Like, nah, yeah, I, I I dropped everything to to do the whole music thing. Thank God, everything's yeah, been working out, out right? so far. You know, I want I want to talk about that. You know, because um, it, it's one of those I guess you can say kind of cliche conversations where. Uh, everyone thinks that the path leads, you know, you got to go to college. Right. You know, it's, it's just that, that, that thing. Me personally, I, college was, it was a great time, great four years. You know, I enjoyed it. But I, I'm also that type of person that understands that don't go to college unless you know that you want to go to college. Like if you're like going into those specialty fields, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, medical or anything like that. Right. College, I mean, you got to do it. But yeah. for other people, you know, that want to deal in music, you know, was that your journey to Atlanta? Like, was it at 16, you know, you say that you left Virginia. What was the reason to get here? Oh, man. I mean, just the path that I've taken ever since uh, starting college to get to where I am today it's been anything but a straight path. I mean, gotcha. like That's you what see, I to do, yeah. you see those pictures like on Instagram or Facebook, and yeah. it's like the the path people think that uh, 
success leads you oh, and yeah, then yeah, the, the actual path yeah. and it's like some <laughs> swervy ass shit exactly, exactly that that's what that's the path that i i took um to get to where i am today because you know i did the whole college thing really just because um because i was pressured by my my parents and my mm-hmm. family and you know coming from an asian household there's a strong emphasis on education so I have an older sister. She went to college and obviously, you know, my parents pushed me to go to college too, yeah. but you know, I never did well in school. I mean, I got expelled in high school and and uh getting even getting to college was a struggle, was a but struggle, yeah. and you know, all throughout college I, I struggled and I failed accounting like twice and it was just you know, it was just not not a a fun time like academically for yeah. me. Yeah. Um I can't say that I regret the, the decision to go to college because I still feel like I, I met good people and I learned a lot of things just through the experience. Yeah. But I always tell kids like, you know, it all depends on what, what you want to do with your future. Don't don't let college be the end all be all for, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, so that's yeah. what I tell them. I mean, you touch on a couple of things that, that I kind of want to, you know, pull from. Um, number one, just what you just said is like college it's not for everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? And you have those pressures of where we're kind of, we, you know, we grow up in those households where that's the number one emphasis, go to college. It's not even trying to figure out what's your passion. It's like, right, go right. to college and then yeah. figure it out. You know what I mean? But, you know, you obviously have a passion for something else. Um, the other thing, though, you, you you mentioned growing up in an Asian, you know, household and, and you know, it's, it's one of those stereotypes, but it, it, it is true for the most part. It's, it's very heavily oh, yeah. weighted on education. It's you know? definitely true. Yeah. yeah. And, and so having having that being said, like, especially having an older sibling that, that did the, the thing that mom and dad said do, mm-hmm. for you to kind of rebel against that and like, mom and dad, I want to really go this route. You know, yeah. how was that dynamic? Man, I mean, obviously, you know. Early on, when I when I told them I wanted to do music and I started like making beats in my free time, um, you know they didn't take me very seriously, and I can't say they really supported me. Um, but you know, as the years went by and I I just kept keeping at it and yeah. and you know started to become more active in the music scene in Atlanta, um, I think they slowly started to accept the fact that I wouldn't be doing anything conventional that they they would have thought that you know i i maybe could have done yeah yeah um so that's when you know they started to show a little bit more support i mean some of my first shows in atlanta um my pops he he came too like he came he came to the shows with me so you know i have uh i have like fond memories of that um but yeah i mean they they didn't take me very seriously (laughs) in the beginning you know even even with saying that that your pops you know came down and, and watched your shows, it's kind of like that, you know that validation. It's almost yeah. that thing as a kid, like look, not and not even saying like I told you so, but it was like finally like they see that yeah. this is not a hobby. It's like really what I want to do. It's my passion, like we were saying earlier. Um, and now I guess you know I, I understand that like a parent, their job is to you know steer us in the right direction. Right. You know what they think, but. Sometimes it just is not it's not the passion, man. I'm real big on that word passion because it's 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 the difference between 15 years of working in corporate America, hating right. your job. Yeah. And that could have been 15 years of like growing into who you're supposed to be. You know right. what I mean? So it, I, I get it. But it, it is a tough situation, man. You You mentioned. Coming down uh, to Atlanta like that, your path. And I saw something like you came down here and stayed with family at the yeah. time, and and that they took you in and, and allowed you to kind of you know pursue your dreams. Like, how was that that part for you to kind of be down here, not necessarily by yourself, but kind of going against all odds? You know what I mean? Right. How was that that time in your life? Yeah, I mean when I when I came to Atlanta, um, I had my family here. Like my mom and my pops were here. Um, and my sister was still in college, but after college, she moved down here for a little bit. Um, other than that, I didn't, I had no family here. I had no friends. I had no sort of connections here. So it was really all on me, uh, to just, to just, you know, make those connections and networks myself, especially getting into the whole music thing. Like I consider myself, uh, an introvert at heart. Like I'm not, I'm not the type of person to to go out and just like make, 
all kinds of friends, especially yeah. if I'm if I'm moving from you know somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So it was tough. I mean, it, it was it definitely wasn't easy. But I just it, that was a time period where I just had to kind of come out of my shell, and you know I put my passion, like you said, I put my passion before anything. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was at that point. I was like, I'll be damned if if I let this little you know. Uh, if I let this little shell, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, really hold me back from doing what I want to do. So, um, yeah, it was a process of of me, uh, just really, really trying to get out there and come out of my shell. Gotcha. You know, um, so now, now we're at the end of the story. You're about roughly when you move here, you're like, what, 16, 17, 18, something like, like that in that time frame. So that transition, you're here, you're by yourself, pretty much, you know, minimum family, you're, you're producing, you're, you're starting producing, like, what What was that transition as far as to get into production? Because I read somewhere, where, like, you used to be an artist or something, you was yeah. in, like, a group, um, and, and, and we might have to get you to rap a little later on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're starting to zone in on production. So right. what, what at what point for you was it was like, okay, let me move away from being an artist, let me focus on this behind the scenes this is what i love to do like what what was that point um i think it just got to a point where uh i felt like i was i was just getting a little bit more fulfillment out of out of just sticking to production okay um and i just had to make a decision do i want to be an artist or do i want to be a producer because it's it's hard to be both um you know it's time consuming and it's it's just it's it's a internal struggle artistically sometimes to to be doing both um so it just got to a point where i had to choose and i just i i chose the path of production because i always felt like i can always come back to being an artist at any time um you know they, they say the the best artists man are produce have that produ- producer. producer background you know what i mean and some of the best producers come from dj backgrounds yeah it's um your, your production style is i've and, and you know i'm gonna be honest i've heard i've heard a lot of your stuff at the time i didn't know it was your stuff oh, okay you know um because I've, I've been following jaron uh for 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 some time now and a lot of the stuff, honestly, I just didn't know that was you. But I think I first heard your name maybe oh eight oh nine, um, and it was on a it was on a little scrappy record, um, and that might have been oh nine two thousand and ten. Was that, that a was it crank it? It might have been. It was like featuring somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah. Or I think Scrappy was actually featuring. Sa- Scrappy was featured, featured on the on record. record. And yeah. I think that's the first time that I would like remember hearing like oh, the word. name. You know what okay. I mean? And but I, I didn't connect. You know, two and two together um, until recently when I was just doing some research on you. But yeah. you know, I know we kind of fast forward in the story, but getting to that point, man, like you, you're hearing, you're producing, you made that transition of like, okay, no more rap. I want to be a producer. I want to zone in on this. Like, what what is it about? It's so many. It's so many layers, man. Number one, and and I hate to keep going back to it, but I know it's something that you probably had to deal with, like being a Asian hip hop producer nah. or producer. I don't want to just label you a hip hop. I know you do some other stuff, but. What type of barriers like were in place? Because you know, is it that thing of where people always want to prejudge? Like, did they listen, hear the music first, and then like, oh yeah, he's dope. Like, who is this? Or you know, like, how did that kind of play in with with everything? Yeah, um, man. I mean, just just being Asian in general in Atlanta. Um, you know, there are Asians in Atlanta, but not not in the area where where I live. Yeah. Um, and you know, being in the hip hop scene, it's obviously you know predominantly black, um, and you know if they're not black, they're white or anything but Asian. But Asian yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's only recently, really, that I that I started finding out about some other Asian people in the Atlanta hip hop scene, and um, there's very few of us. It's yeah. it's a rare breed. So I think. I don't know. I think I think early on I was just so tunnel vision on making my shit as dope as possible. Yeah. And I think when you're a minority like that, you kind of got to let the let the product speak for itself even more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was just concerned with with making my music and making my beats the the dopest music and beats that that were out there. Um 
and even to this day, I, I still feel that way. So I, uh, I take a lot of pride in, in honing my craft and, and making sure I'm, I'm undeniably dope at what I do. Gotcha. And then, like, later on, if people find out that I'm Asian, I get that a lot. I mean, people like a, people are yeah. always like, wow, I didn't Kato? think, yeah, are you are you really Kato? Like, I didn't think you, the, I guess yeah. the, the face didn't match the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, that's a whole nother, it, it, it should, because it's like, yeah. I mean, looking at where you got the, the I, I do want you to tell the story behind the name. The name, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get there in a second, um, because I wanted to ask you something else before we got there, but... Uh, when I read, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's like beyond dope." It's one of those <laughs> things where it's like, "Oh, it's so obvious," but it's like you don't yeah, think about don't it. Think then about you start it. like, "Oh man!" Like it's one of those like, "Dang!" Like you should have thought of that. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, I want to get into like that that first big break for you, like okay. when it was like, um, "This is not a hobby." Yeah, <laughs> like I really real. have. Yeah, it's real. You know what I mean? What what was that point for you? I think. Um... I think when shit really started popping off with Jaron and uh, Jaron Jaron Benton's an artist that I work with. He's an Atlanta native, um, and he recently was on the Double XL freshman cover. And they they just got rid of. The, I don't. Yeah, and I, I heard they stopped doing the print version of of Double XL, which is man, that's an end of an era. Yeah, that's man. all I gotta say. Yeah, it is definitely. Is. It's a sad thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think when I first started working with Jaron, that that's when shit started getting serious, especially when he uh, signed on with Funk Volume, um, which is the label we're on, we're both on now. Um, that's when shit got real. I mean, I can remember when he first got signed, he did like a he did like an online stream kind of introduction to all the fans. Mm. And when we logged on to that chat room, that live stream, there were so many people on there yeah. like trying to comment that it was just like a it was too it was scrolling too fast for us to even read keep any up, of the yeah. comments. Couldn't keep up with anything, yeah. Yeah, so we like we were just sitting there on screen, like, kind of figuring out like what to do. We were kind of just like bullshitting with each other on yeah, yeah. on screen because we couldn't answer any of the the fans' comments because we couldn't see any of them. I think that's when we got to that point. It was like, okay, damn, we're you know we have this opportunity now to to really do some bigger shit. So, what was the first project um, that you two worked on? You know. And also, if you could kind of go into that story, like, how did you guys even link to work together in the first place, you know? Yeah, initially, I mean, I, I just met Jaron um, through the, the underground hip-hop scene in Atlanta. Okay. I mean, I was I was still an artist uh, early on, so I was, We're you know... We're bars, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> just if an I, eight, man. I, I know you got an eight tucked I still have somewhere. bars, I don't know about that. <laughs> Might have to pull out my phone and, and do go, the old man. Drake thing. It's but, all good, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I was still like rocking shows, and yeah. I think that's when I was first introduced to Jaron because he was he was still very underground, um, and we just linked up and and started working on music. Um, our first project together was a mixtape uh, that he put out called "Huffing Glue with Hasselhoff." That was the first that project one. that we uh, that we put out together. Um, the name's so dope, by the way. That's just yeah. I love the way that dude thinks, man. Just, <laughs> He's different. Yeah, it's just different. It's artistically different, and he backs it up with good music. You know what right. I mean? So, yeah, I, I love that. Um, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off in that story. I just, I just thought about something. I wanted to make sure that I didn't forget. Um, speaking of that, just the the, the funk volume relationship. Um, I just noticed one thing about them, just as a as a as a label. They really focus on like the grassroots marketing. Like their yeah. their thing is, we want to touch the fan. Yeah, directly you know, to fans. Directly yeah. to fan. And like for you, you know, we we normally talk to artists on this podcast. It's not a lot of times we get a chance to talk to producers. Um, every now and then we'll get a producer in. We kind of go back and forth on real tech talk on equipment and all that. And you right. know, I love to get your your take on all that. But, um, you know, the approach is different when you're when you're working on an independent level and you can literally, you know, contact these fans and, and like go in and directly touch them and, and really touch them with the music. 
you've worked with you know a variety of different artists at this point and, and i've seen you know some new stuff that you have coming through the pipeline but is there something that you can kind of like go in and 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 really talk to some of these underground MCs because we do have a lot of them that listen on just the business side of being a producer like i don't think a lot of people understand my, my background is in music production so we can probably go back and forth on a lot of stuff but a lot of times the producer is left out Right. If that makes any sense. It's kind of like people don't put a value on the music. They think that, oh, I can just go and download your, your instrumental and rap over it. And then the song blows up and, you know, now yeah. I can bring you on. And it's, it's not really like that all the time. You know, producers really get the, the, the back end of a lot of, you know, a lot of things. So can you kind of go into that with us a little bit? Just kind of telling us about the business side and and, and on top of that, like, how to conduct proper business, you know, being right. a producer in the industry. Yeah, I mean, I can I can only really speak from personal experience. Um, and, and personally, I just, you know, throughout my whole career, I was I was very much focused on on the quality of my music. That was always first and foremost for me. Um, when it came to the business side, obviously, no one just jumps right into the industry knowing the ins and outs of mm-hmm. the business. So. I, I just learned as much as I could from from anywhere and whoever I could um, as I went along. Um, and you know I think I think a big part of it is, is keeping a good team around you because now I, I have like you know a manager Schweinbeck and I have uh, you know my label that that backs me up as well. Um, you know I, I have a good team of people around me that can that can really help me. Uh, balance out the business side with the music so really I mean for me the process has just been kind of experimental it's it's just seeing what works and what doesn't work and I've made a lot of mistakes you know business wise in in the past Um, but it's okay because I I learned from them and obviously you know thank god none of them were uh, detrimental to my career to the point where I'm just like you know in a completely fucked up situation yeah yeah, definitely um so you know I I just I just learned as I went along and I think I think that's what a lot of other folks probably end up doing yeah can can you explain the importance of the word no in 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 music you know And, and I think you understand where I'm coming from with that but take that where you want to take it. I just want to see where you go with it, but just the importance of saying no sometimes. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a term that, you know, a lot of, uh, that we, we say in the music industry is that, you know, there's always a lot of yes men, Mm -hmm. especially around like, you know, artists and, and just when you start to build a team of people around you and you're successful and you're doing well, you tend to sort of, uh, you tend to sort of attract, people who who just say yes to everything that that you're doing or that you want to do um but it's definitely important to to know when to say no and you know there are so many applications that we could take the word no i mean (laughs) business wise art wise when you're in the studio and you know the artist that you're working with isn't doing something right and sometimes you just got to be like no that ain't that ain't it yeah i mean let's do it again or you know, um, yeah, it's it's important learning how to say no. I, I think what you just said is really the difference between um, a beat maker and a producer. Yeah. You know, um, we, we we both know like beat makers are plentiful in, in the industry. A lot of people can make beats. Right. The technology is there. You know, people are born into this technology. They, they get a, a Mac for Christmas and they get the software yeah. and, you know, by the summer they, they got 300 beats. You know what I mean? So, but being a producer is what you just said. It's like telling the artist, like, that's not right. Let's, let's, you know, do something else here. Like, let's try a different hook. Let's, you know, try, try a different line here. Like being able to step up and say that is really what, you know, separates you from the rest of the pack you know what i mean yeah. and that's that's so important to be able to do that as, as a producer definitely um you know i i, I can't let you leave here and we're, we're far from being you know, we've been talking for a little bit here but you know i, I do want to get into some more of the producer talk because um it's interesting you know okay. what I, mean? yeah. I like that so you know your process man because i 
you know, producers have different things that they do. It's, you know, different get up. Some people, you know, like to be dressed up. Some people like, you know, catch a different vibe for, right. for whatever they do. Like, so for you, what's your creative process when you're, when you're in the lab and you're trying to um, come up with an idea? Do you like working by yourself and then bringing that idea to an artist? Or, you know, how, how is that for you? Yeah, for the most part, um, creatively, I, I don't really work with a lot of other uh a lot of other producers when i'm when when i'm laying down the initial idea of a record mm -hmm. or if i'm just working on beats i really don't collaborate with a lot of other producers either um because for me it's like uh it's it's more of a comfort and relationship type thing gotcha um even with an artist i mean like jaron's the closest artist that i work with and I would be comfortable, like, you know, working with him and the artist because we, we've had a working relationship for the past, like, six years. So, you know, that's someone that that if he's doing something wrong or that's someone I can just trust uh, yeah. to, to know if, if something is dope or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when I'm when I'm when I have a concept for a record I'll normally just be all by myself and I'll do as much of it myself as I can, reach out to the right people and then um, just just keep it moving like that. Got you. Uh, you, you said something, man, I can only, um, I, I, it just makes me think about the part that um, the artist and, and not only the artist, but what the public don't see. Yeah. Like the creative process for most producers, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is... Um, if somebody had a camera on you, they'd be bored out their mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for I mean? sure. It's like, you know, you might start on something and then, you know, it might just loop for like 30 minutes to an hour. And you're like, <laughs> you're over here, you're doing all kind of stuff. And then you might come back and lay like one piece and you go, you know, it's, it's a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And it's amazing, like, to see producers work and... I mean, for me, it's it's one of those things where I'm always interested in it, so it, it doesn't bother me. But I don't know if you ever came across this, but you might be working with an artist and y'all are building from scratch, yeah. And you're creating the beat, and you kind of like you know waiting from it, and they're working, and and they're just kind of looking at you like, yo, what, what, what's up? What's going on next? Like, man, I'm just thinking, I'm trying to vibe with it. You know, it's kind of like that that back and forth dynamic, like that went with the creative process. Is not what a lot of people think, you right? Know what I mean, it's, no, it's definitely not. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just. It's funny to see that, man, just um just from you know, from another producer. Like do you you sample excuse me, you sample any um with your stuff or you mostly do Uh I don't I don't sample in the traditional sense where I just chop up like loops yeah, of, yeah. of a record that I like. Um but I, I sample if I sample, I try to sample in different ways where I'm, you know, I'm still creating a bulk of the melody or, gotcha. or, um, you know, I might, I might sample some obscure tiny little, little chop of a, of a record that mm -hmm. no one has ever heard. Um, that's, that's usually the extent of my, my sampling. So for you, um, and I'm asking these questions. These are questions that people actually asked me to ask you. So I'm, I got to make sure I get these out. But like uh, yeah. equipment wise, like what is it that you like to use to create? Uh, I keep my I, I keep my setup super simple. Um, basically, it's mostly software um, to make my beats. I use Reason um, and I rewire into Cubase and that gives me access to the plugins and everything. Um, other than that, I just use a... Uh, Axion MIDI controller. Okay. And um, that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it, dude. I, you know, work, use what works for you. I think is exactly is, is the best thing. Um, sometimes people have this view of like you got to have a the room best full of shit. everything, and it's like, nah, I mean, some of the best albums were created in the the harshest environments. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you go back, like we just came off of this. Um, at last, you know, Outcast at last. How did you get a chance to go to any of the I show? didn't, man. Jaron, oh, Jaron, man. uh, oh, Jaron just hit that. me up the other day and, oh, and told me how it was, but I heard it was amazing. Man, I had I had the the opportunity to go on a Saturday, right? Yeah. And the show was great. I mean, I went for Outcast, right, you know. Right. Um, I also had Sunday tickets that I sold. Oh, okay. And I sold those tickets prior to the lineup that, you know, came out. So I was hurt when I saw like eight <laughs> ball and MJG Devin the dude. Like and then I had to, you know, I had to remind myself, like, dude, you're going to see Outcast. Like this right. is the whole point. You know, that's 
I grew up on them guys. Like that's that's all I I know is Outkast. And yeah. just to see that, it was amazing, man. Like Centen- I've never seen Centennial Park like that. Even when they used to have concerts, they're like you know free concerts, uh, the Aquafina on the bridge and and all of that. Right. It was just so crazy to see people. Really, it was like <laughs> you saw a lot of like. Um, 30 to like 38 year olds you know right, what I mean yeah. it's like like this is what we really grew up on you know yeah. you saw them and you saw some of their you know their brother I actually went with my brother and my younger sister to the concert so it was just amazing to see the different layers of people and they were all just like going crazy for outcasts man it was, it was I bet that's, that's incredible yeah it was, it was definitely a great experience man but um you know, there's a few other things. Oh, I forgot. We, we do want to go back into the story um, of where the name comes from. But before I do that, I, I got to pay some bills. So, uh, you know, like I told you guys earlier, um, we, we partnered with audible.com um, um, for free free audio book and, and a 30-day free trial, man. Like, please make sure you guys go and check it out. It's, um, it's very simple. You're listening to a podcast right now, so it's obviously that, you know, you like to hear things as opposed to read them. So go there. Um, you can go to www.audibletrial.com. Uh, forward slash straight out the den go there and you'll get the free audio book and also a 30-day free trial you can check it out um, over 150 titles you can download it to your iphone um, if you got a new iphone 6 you can put it there you um, or iphone 5 or the 5s or whatever you have you can put it there download it there um, or mp3 player kindle all of that you can listen to the podcast um Excuse me, not the podcast, but listen to the audio book and, and enjoy it. There's a lot of different titles that I, I'm not going to go through right now because there is, like I said, 150,000. But definitely go there and check it out. Again, That that's audibletrial.com slash straight out the den. Uh, go there and um, get a free audio book on us and the good folks up at, at um, Audible. But now that we got the business out of the way, man, back to Cato. Tell us the story behind the name Cato, dude. Like, uh, in the most grand fashion that you can give the story. <laughs> okay, okay. So, well, first of all, I, I had a lot of names before Cato, which we won't. Which I'm glad you didn't ask me to get into because, <laughs> as a courtesy, because you said that that was going to be the next thing I was going to ask. You, but as a courtesy, we won't oh, go man. into like the other names. They I, were whack. Let me. I, let me. I know one of them, that. but I'm not going to say it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys do your research. We, we might run a contest if you guys can figure out one of the old names. That oh Kato yeah, went by. It, it's out there. It's floating out there. So I'm sure y'all will be able to find it. Um, there you go. But the the name Cato uh, came from for anyone that's old enough to remember uh, the 1960s television show Green Hornet. Um, Cato was played by Bruce Lee, and you know, growing up, Bruce Lee was my idol. Cause as a young Asian kid, like growing up in the 90s, we didn't have a lot of Asian idols to look up to, especially here in the states. I mean, it was Bruce Lee, Jackie Jackie Chan, or that that was pretty much it. You know, so. Um, you know, Bruce Lee was my idol, and once I started getting into the hip hop thing, I was just like, I wanted my name to at least mean something to me. So, you know, I chose I chose Cato, and it was actually it actually came from a suggestion of of one of my homies who I was in a I was in a rap group with. So, can we get can we at least if okay? It, <laughs> if you're not gonna give us any of the old names, can you at least give us the name of the rap group? The okay. name the name of the rap group was uh C U R E and that standing for that stood for can't underestimate real MCs. So it was an go. acronym. There you go. Um and you know, we came from the, the whole Philadelphia hip hop scene which which uh which is which was a big inspiration to us at the time. Um so you know we we're very much all about the art of MCing and and the art of hip hop. So that's that's where that name came from. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm not gonna go there. I'm, I'm, we're, gonna, we're gonna leave it alone. Don't go there, Jay. We're gonna leave it alone, man. Like I said, you, you we're, we're gonna leave it alone. <laughs> you guys just look it up, and, and you can and, y'all can find it. Find it, and, and and do me a favor. Um, find it, tweet it to him. Yeah. Put like hashtag straight out the damn podcast. You do can do it. that. Do that, and. We'll leave it at that. That's I might I might send some free merch or some free CDs to anyone there, there who, can, you go. who can tweet you that go. to me. That's the deal. If you tweet that to Cato, Cato and what's the Twitter, Cato? At Cato Producer. Producer. At Cato Producer. You tweet one of the old names that he went by. Oof. <laughs> Make sure you don't forget the hashtag, though. You got to put the hashtag straight out the den. Or, or better yet, just tweet both of us. Just yeah. do it at the same time. And... <laughs> 
We'll, we'll figure out the rest later on, but I'm not going to say anything. As a courtesy, I'm not saying anything. I'm going to flood my go. timeline, Jay. <laughs> That's crazy, man. But I, um, it's something else like, like okay, so the, the new video just came today. We can kind of bring us up to speed. So um, yeah. we got the origin of the name. Um, we know that you've been working with Jaren, um, and I, I'm sure you guys are constantly working. There's some more, yeah. some more stuff in the pipeline um, that's coming very soon. But tell us about the new things that you've been working on. Like, I know that you um, just released a video today. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of go into that um, the video. And I always kill the guy's name. And I, and I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> it's just. Sire. Sire, man. Sire. That's Sire. Sire. So Sire and, and K Camp, the popular video. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I did see it everywhere that it dropped today. Yeah. So, you know, kind of go over that, that just the working relationship that you have with uh, those guys. And, and I feel like there's something else in the pipeline with that, too. But I don't want to, you know, if you want to mention that, you can. But, you know, kind of just go over something with us with, with that situation. Yeah. So the new video dropped today uh, for the single titled Popular um, featuring Sire Rita Kid and uh, K Camp. And um, I produced that joint. It's been getting a lot of love in the southeast region. Um, you know, it's been getting, it's been getting a lot of radio play here in Atlanta. Um, so go support that video. It's titled popular. Um, and me and Sire, the kid, we, we're going to keep working. I mean, that's, that's the homie. So he's, I mean, he already laid, uh, several hooks for me and, and we have a few joints that are kind of, uh, keeping under wraps for now, but we're working on, um, and then with me and Jaron, I'm working with him on his upcoming EP, um, and we've been working on that for for months now. Uh, there's going to be a lot of dope music on that. We're trying to we're we're trying to sort of push Jaron's sound a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so there's going to be there's going to be some different stuff on there for the fans uh, that that have been listening to Jaron. Um, it'll be there will be some different stuff on there for them. Um, and, and that's, that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm focused on, on working with the people that I fuck with yeah. and I'm working on Kato's Revenge 2, which is, uh, the follow-up album to my Kato's Revenge 1, yeah. uh, that came out earlier this year. So I'm staying busy. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like it, man. You're staying busy and, and you're staying active and you're, you're really, you know, pushing the culture forward with just the music, man. Like I, I've had a time, you know, like I said, prior to this, I just knew your music, and, and yeah. now you know I can kind of get a, get a better understanding of who you are, um, just as a producer and, and as a person, man. Um, you know, before before we get out of here, there's a few other things I wanted to talk about. The if you could, the gift and the curse of being a producer. Yeah. Um, what does that mean to you? Um, for me, for me, it's kind of one one layer deeper because. You know, obviously, I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm Asian, too. So being an Asian producer mm. in, in the hip-hop world is a little bit different. Um, so gift and a curse. I mean, all around is definitely a gift at the end of the day for me um, because I, I believe in what I do and I'm passionate about it. And I know my shit is dope. And so I think it helps to be different especially this day and age where, where everyone's just looking for, for something different. That's true. So, you know, end of the day, it's a gift to me. I try not to look at things in a negative light. Um, but, you know, there have been moments in my career where I felt like maybe being Asian kind of held me back from, from opportunities that um, I could have taken advantage of if maybe I wasn't Asian. Mm. Um, yeah, go, go into that. Like, what type of opportunities, if you don't mind sharing? Well, I mean, you know, like, there there aren't a lot of other Asians in, in the hip-hop scene doing their thing. So, it's like, I, I don't really have a sense of community when it, when it comes to, gotcha. uh, you know, working with other Asian people in the industry. Because yeah. there are none. So, um, you know, I can count probably on... There, I mean, you're right. There's, On there's one hand, yeah. the the other Asian producers that I know of. Um, so, you know, I think other than that, everything has has just been a blessing up to this point. Um, working also working with Font Volume, man. Um, there, there, 
I, I just like what they what they do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like honestly, I just especially in in today's climate when it comes to music, there are so many different um, opportunities where everyone is chasing like let me let me go be a major. You know, right, let's go right. to a major. But when you see these independent labels that are operating like a major and, yeah. and moving numbers and units like a major, and they're doing it. You know, small operation, and, and you see it, and it's quality work. Mm-hmm. It shows you that, like, it really just goes back to how things really used to be. You know what I mean? Like, it's a proven thing that you know, music is cyclical. Like everything that's happening now already happened. It's just kind of coming around full circle, right? And you know, just being with them and, and their leadership, and, and you know, the things that you're able to take from them now. Like, how do you feel that you'll be able to move forward, um, not only with funk volume, but just as a producer, like your progression? I believe in what they do. I mean, that, that's the original reason why why I signed on with them. Um, I wasn't, you know, particularly chasing a, a deal yeah. from anyone. I was just kind of doing my own thing. Um, but when funk volume came along and I kind of saw what they did for Jaren and what they were doing for Dizzy and Hobson and Swizz and mm-hmm. everyone else on the label... I mean, I, I really believed in the vision, um, and that vision is going direct to fans, listening to the fans, and um, you know, filling filling the void that was in the music industry, which is you know, putting out good independent music without any side of, sort of outside influence from from the label or. You know, just doing what what the artist wants to do, and gotcha. I think that's what that's the reason why I got into music is because, you know, I consider myself an artist too, and I just wanted to do what I do, and and they gave me an opportunity to do that on a bigger platform. Yeah, yeah. Um, if if you could, and, and I don't know, you know, if it's something that you can do or not, but could you kind of break down the the situation that you have with them, are you more like an in-house producer for them that you pretty much get first dibs on work with these artists that's on the label? Like how, how is it really broken down? Yeah, that's, I think that's what a lot of people think. Um, when they hear that, you know, an in-house producer, quote Mm -hmm. unquote, um, signed to a label, I think, uh, I can't really speak on anyone else's deal, but, but my deal, um, I consider it just sort of more of a partnership. I mean, they they support me in what I do, and obviously I support all the artists on the label. So if, uh, I mean, we have weekly uh, phone conference meetings so that we can keep up to date on what everyone's doing, because for anyone that knows, it's only me and Jaren that are out here in Atlanta. Everyone else is in L.A. Um, So, you know, we're very up to date on what, what everyone's doing, and everyone stays very busy between recording projects and staying on tour. Um, so any way that I can provide support, you know, mostly, uh, by producing music and, and, uh, you know, working on projects and stuff, I do, I do dope. it for them. Dope. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely a dope partnership. Yeah, man. I'm glad you can actually break that down because like you said, those deals are different, you know, everything's right. negotiable. So it depends on, you know, how everything is. So I, I like that situation for you, you know, and that sounds yeah, like something I, that's, you and, know. and it was dope because I, I'm not tied down to them. You know, I can, I still have the flexibility to do what I want and work with other artists outside of the label. Um, so, you know, if it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't have, have signed on to the deal, but because I believe in what they're doing and they give me the flexibility to do what I want to do as an artist, then it was a, it was a good deal for me. That's dope, man. Well, you know, I appreciate you coming through, bro. Um, there's something that we do with, with everybody here. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, the whole time we've been talking, I'm trying to figure out how can I make this work yeah. for you being a producer. So this segment is called Vinyl Conversations. As you can see, we have vinyl here behind me. Right. Um, and normally what we do, I have the artist pick, you know, three vinyls randomly um, from each cart uh, crate. And, you know, just give us a story behind that. There's a second layer to that, but I don't I don't want to put you on the spot. There's a freestyle that comes with that. Oh, shit. But <laughs> I don't I, I want unless you want to. It's totally up to you now. But if you I could, ain't got bars. No, it's all good. But, um, you know, go through these. Just um, pick, you know, three at random from uh, one from each uh, crate. OK. And, you know, kind of give us a story behind it. So we'll do the first part. So no bars uh, for you guys this evening, but it's all good. No bars. <laughs> no bars. <laughs> So yeah, it's uh one from the blue crate and one from here, one from here. Just do it at random. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't even know what that is. He just picked up. <laughs> So if you could go through um, each record and you can first just name them and um, after you name them, just give us a breakdown of whatever, you know, comes to mind when you see those records. And it could be a personal story. It can be musical, anything. Just the first thing that comes to mind when you see them. Yeah. Um, well, the last one I chose was uh, Ray Charles, Modern Sounds and Country and Western Music. First thing that comes to my mind is Atlanta. Um and you know, I've I have I have a lot of Ray Charles samples, um, vocal samples that that I've used in my records before. Um, so I can name at least a few that that I've used uh, with Ray Charles's sample in it. Um, the next one, the best of the Swanee Quintet. <laughs> I actually have no idea. Me either, man. That's what this is. But I'm looking at the picture. Yeah. And one of the dudes looks Asian. Maybe I might be wrong wrong about that. But uh but it's it's it, it looks interesting. I might I might have to take this and and uh see what it's all about. Uh the last one is called Here We Go Again, the Kingston Trio. And it's three dudes, three white dudes on the cover with uh guitars and banjos. Um and I see you got the Criminal Records stamp on it. So. Oh yeah, man! I, I shop at Criminal and Wax. I showed them a lot of love. That's yeah. I have I have some early memories of uh, going to Criminal Records, and when I was um, when I was still rapping and, and putting my own projects out, I used to go uh, do consignment deals okay. with with Criminal Records, and so uh, you know. I don't know much about the music, the Kingston Trio, but I I do know about Criminal Records. Yeah, I don't I don't even know why I picked that up. It had to be something dealing with the cover, like yeah, it's <laughs> a, it's a fly cover. <laughs> like, the majority of the records that I I say a good forty percent of records that I've purchased, like it's because I love the way the covers look. I was right. like, oh, let me bring it home and see what they sound like. And some of them I get to, some of them I don't. But yeah, you know, that's it. But you know, and so normally what we would do at this point. Um, we would pick one of those vinyls and put them on and play them. And, yeah. um, you know, the artists would freestyle over They have them freestyle over it. Yeah. And we, we won't do that. But since you did see um, seem to take a liking to the one that may possibly has um, an Asian person on the back, how about, <laughs> we, how about we put that on it just to see what it sounds like? Yeah, let's do um, it. Maybe, you, you know, you'll be inspired to, to, to do something. Uh, later on so we will we'll, we'll at least do that no freestyle today but yeah i want to hear what that's all about yeah oh you know something um wrong record um no 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 it is the right the swanee hold on the swanee quartet they had creed at the top that's what kind of threw me for a loop just there. yeah i saw that i was like uh so yeah i don't think that this is a creed project no definitely not these <laughs> yeah no it's, it's de- <laughs> <laughs> oh man so we're gonna put we're gonna put this on um and see what it sounds like and um you can do whatever you want to do at this point <laughs> if, you, if you feel the need to you know drop I some might, bars uh, man, go for go. it i might hear something i want to sample for a record you never know
That, that was dope. Yeah, that, that is dope. There, I, I was reading the back of it, man. It's actually um, a record. Uh, they're out of Augusta, Augusta, oh, Georgia. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking this is one of the records. Um, my mother-in-law, man, I, I went down to to um, visit, and she had like, dude, like a crate and a half of just like records chilling. Yeah. The, like behind the sofa. And I'm like, what are you doing with those records? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And when I tell you it was some classics in there, like definitely some classics in there. And I was like, I told her I had to, I had to buy them from her. I didn't, she was like, you can have them. I just felt bad. Like there was no way that I can leave here without giving you some money for these records. Like it didn't, it didn't sit right on my spirit. Like I was, yeah. I just couldn't walk out of here with these records, you know? So that's where this came from, man. But um, I, I tell you, you're, you're more than welcome uh, to take it with you. Oh, if you want to, you know, um, try to find something with it, definitely, man. Um, yeah, no, I like that. That was dope. Yeah, man. Well, you know, um, we didn't get any bars, people. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> I tried to, I tried to let it play as long as we could. I thought he was going to get inspired. I thought um, I was going to get like, you know, maybe like eight bars or something. It's all good. Yeah, though, that, man. Ain't, that ain't happening today. <laughs> I'd rather hear the beats, man. It's all good. So, you know, before we get out of here, man, is there anything that you want to plug, um, how people can find you, social media, all of that stuff? Yeah, all my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, that's all Kato Producer, um, K-A-T-O Producer, all one word. Um, other than that, shout out to Straight Out the Den, shout out to Schweinbeck, shout out to Funk Volume, everyone that supports my music. Dope, man, dope. Well, hey, um, I forgot to say this at the beginning. If you guys are listening to this on SoundCloud, that's great. I really do appreciate it. But we need you to go and subscribe to iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, rate it, comment, do all of that. Um, you can still listen on SoundCloud. That's that's cool. That's not a problem. But we just need you to make sure you subscribe. The uh, button is right up under the play button. Just go ahead and press that. It'll take you to the iTunes site. Just hit it's one button. That and then you can hit like five stars. It's like three clicks and you can get the job done. That's all we need you to do. Hit that but, uh, subscribe. There you go, man. Just do that. But hey, it's Jay Good is straight out the den. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at str the number eight o u t d a d e n. Um, I forgot to do this the last podcast, but. Um, I remembered it now, so I'm going to make sure I do it. So we like to end these things on a high note. So I've been given like these words of wisdom the past couple of times. And I said, I'm just going to keep saying the same thing until, you know, it, it sinks in everybody's head. And then they tell me to do something else. But um, I say, if you have a dream, focus on that dream, research that dream and work until that dream becomes a reality. Yeah. And um, with that being said, we out. We out. Peace.